Three, two, one, and we are back. So I want to share with you guys one of the greatest points of pain and agony that you'll ever experience in your real estate practice. And for those of you who have experienced this before, I am sure you will agree that this is one of the most painful things to have happen in real estate. And that is where you go on a listing appointment and you're competing and you don't take the listing. And you now are discovering the pain, the anguish, the frustration of actually being in a competitive listing situation and losing. And so what we're going to do over today's podcast and tomorrow's podcast is we're going to do everything in our power to help you avoid that emotional breakdown. Because oftentimes, and this is unfortunately the truth, a lot of you right now are experiencing for the first time in your careers competitive listing situations. (laughs) Yes, and I have to say listings are even more golden than normal these days because we are at an epic all-time low of listing inventory. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you the top 10 reasons why agents are not successful taking the listings when they go on competitive listing appointments. And just to really drill down on what Julie just said, at the end of the day, guys, what's happening, what you're experiencing, or what you will be experiencing are your centers of influence. They may give you a shot at taking the listing, but unless you show up completely prepared and professional, they will list with somebody else. All of the rules, or they weren't even really rules, all of the uh, standards, all the um, expectations uh, that have changed and that they've changed in such a radical way that unfortunately many of you, well, hopefully none of you because you're listening to this podcast, but many of you will have to learn on the job and you'll have to learn as you lose. Whereas if you'd listen to this podcast, you actually take action on what we're saying. You are going to feel a lot more confident when you take the listing. And in most cases, you're going to avoid uh, a lot of these, what we call threat vectors as we, as you go through the process. So we're going to give you all these 10 points, five today and five tomorrow. Make sure you take great notes and make sure you don't make any of these mistakes. Mrs. Harris, point number one. Yes. Point number one of our top 10 reasons agents don't walk away with signed paperwork, also known as the listing agreement. So point number one, you assumed that it was yours and were lazy in your presentation. This uh, means you took the business for granted. It manifests in several major mistakes. You showed up late, or you did not give a real presentation, or maybe it was lack of pre-qualifying questions or not being careful with the price. Some other mistakes are things like rescheduling or not looking and sounding your best. An agent once told me that she thought the only reason she lost the listing opportunity was that she was wearing a really uncomfortable outfit, which made her unfocused, scattered, and less professional than she would normally be. Now, but you said they were lazy in the presentation. Maybe many of them, I would you know, guess a vast majority of them don't know how to give a proper listing presentation. They might not even have a presentation. 100%. Don't have a pre-listing pack, did not pre-qualify, do not know how to prepare themselves the appointment, do not know how to dress an appointment. I'm not trying to make uh, you guys, uh, I'm not trying to belittle you. What I'm saying, and I'm hoping uh, that you're hearing me, are the expectations of this market are completely different than they were 24 months ago because the sellers are being super careful who they list with because they're no longer operating a fear of missing out. They're no longer operating under like, I'm just going to list with anybody because I know it's going to sell by itself. In many markets, a house will still sell, but the complications that are going to go along with getting a house to stay in contract in a market like this are going to be completely different. So what you're going to have to do uh, to get listings consistently and get them sold, but getting me in the first place, getting the appointment and then getting the listing signed as obviously job number one. Those skills are things that you need to adapt to immediately, urgently. Don't learn on the job because it costs you too much money. Many of you are blessed with sale prices that result in commission checks of ten, fifteen, you know, fifty thousand dollars. Right? Why would you learn while you were there that your two agents that you're competing against 
And let's say it's a centers of influence and past client seller. Let's say you know the seller that you guys occasionally go out for, you know, you play golf, right? Whatever. Uh, but guess what? Here comes the houses for sale and the seller's nervous. They're going to get two differing opinions. You walk in there thinking you've got it. The listing's Being a layup. Assumptive. Totally simple. Then you get there and you find out that the other agents had their acts together. They pre-qualified. They know the seller's motivation. They know what the house is worth. They know all the comps. They know what the seller's time frame is. And they sent a pre-listing pack. They did all these professional things. And you're showing up thinking, oh, hey, Bob, let's you know play golf this Saturday after we get the house for sale. Bob's going to be like, not so fast. Well, exactly. And don't forget the fact when you think it's in the bag, because I think that this happens a lot when it is in your center of influence. Right. You know, if they're married, their spouse probably also has an agent in their center of influence. And maybe they asked at work and got a referral from somebody who did a killer job on their colleague's sale. So don't assume that it's yours and be lazy. Point number two. Point number two, you didn't know that you were competing for the listing. Now, this is a result of not using a pre-qualification script. If you don't know whether you're competing or not, you are at a disadvantage. You should almost always go last in the lineup because that's the closing position. Wouldn't you rather know before you go so that you can be ultra prepared? Don't you present differently when you know you're up against the previous agent, a commission cutter, or maybe the seller's thinking about being a for sale by owner? So there's a lot written to that point, uh, maybe almost too much because it's so important even though it's only five sentences. But here's what really matters. You have to pre-qualify every seller, even if it's your mother, before you go on a listing appointment. And one of the things we teach you to do when you pre-qualify is we want to know, we want you to know if you're competing. And we want you to know, Mr. Seller, listen, a lot of folks when they call me out for the job of selling your home, uh, generally speaking, they speak with me and, um, and then we list the house. But are you considering talking with any other agents? Ask the question. Don't worry about that the question is going to put the thought in their mind that they should be interviewing other agents. That's amateur thinking. That's small boy, small girl thinking. We right? hear that all the time, though, as uh, if they're not passing the billboard on the freeway every day that has your competing broker sign. Or the ridiculous number of postcards in the mail or <laughs> right. all the rest of it, right? Yeah. So, of course, they're considering interviewing other people. Of course, you don't have the listing. Now, I'm going to say this again. Two or three years ago, when the houses would sell themselves, the sellers were not that particular about really anything because they knew the house would sell itself. They knew that they put it for sale. They overpriced it. They were offering egregious terms or no terms to the buyer. The house is in you know, rough. You guys get the idea, right? Well, if you weren't in the business back then, let me tell you, you there were some real you know, sketch houses that were selling for significantly over list price uh, continuously. And this happened for almost two or three years. Well, that market is no longer here, and we believe that it's not going to be returning for at least the next decade, if ever. And so you now have to accept the fact that if you're going to be succeeding in real estate as a listing agent, buyer's agent, or just a real estate agent at all, you're going to have to really take a skills-based approach. Now, I want you to think about what I'm about to say. The last market was about who you knew and who knows you. The market now, and the one that's really going to start happening uh, probably about six months, is what you know. You think the most important thing is who knows you? Well, guess what? A lot of people can know you, and you might even have enough up-to-bats or opportunities to list their homes or even work with them on the buyer side. But if they are not convinced that you actually know what it takes to get a home sold in this market, you're not going to get the listing. It's about a professional approach. You have to overcorrect on the professional side in a market like this. Julie, point number four. Point number three, you didn't three. know what price the seller had in mind before you showed up. I'll read that again. You didn't know what price the seller had in mind before you showed up. Now, this doesn't mean that they're right about the price, but you should know what's going on in their pricing brain before you present your comparative market analysis. Sometimes sellers know about private sales, especially these days, that may be affecting pricing. They may have done a home in pro 
may have a home in probate, a relocation, or any number of reasons that they know about something that you didn't pull up in your MLS. Well, maybe it's a neighbor's house that just got rehabbed that's sure. about to come for sale. Maybe it's a house that was- It could be a was, flipper. It, it could be anything. A, exactly. Something that's sold off market. So now there's another interesting question. Know what the seller thinks the house is worth prior to going out. How many of you are doing that? How much more would it benefit you knowing what the seller thought the house was worth? I'll give you guys some, a little coaching here. When every seller ever in the history of sellers <laughs> has always had an idea, generally speaking, elevated idea or aspirational idea yes. of what their house was worth. There has never been a seller that's not at least had some sort of relatively concise idea of what their home was worth. They go to open houses. They, of course, are on, online. They're looking at comps. They're doing all this stuff. Now, is the information accurate? Not necessarily. But you want to know what they're thinking. You want to know what they're thinking so that you can not uh, price where they're thinking, especially if it's overpriced. That's not what we're suggesting. But you want to know what they're thinking so that you can adjust your approach and know what you're dealing with. So, for example, Mr. Seller, th there's several ways you can go about, and this is all part of the seller prequalification script. There's several ways you can go about rooting out of the seller what they think the home is worth. And I'll give you the very simplest, the simplistic of ways that usually works. So, Mr. Seller, this is about uh, three quarters of the way through the seller prequal script. So, Mr. Seller, listen, I'm going to be spending probably, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour doing what essentially is a, uh, a it's called a CMA. It's like an appraisal on your home. And it's really important that I choose the really the best comps for your house. So what houses have you seen sell in your neighborhood? Or maybe you went, you know, maybe you saw them from open houses or maybe you were over there for a football party or something. But which homes have you seen sell in, say, the last six months that you think are the closest to your house? And then shut up. Okay. Yes, because they always react the same way. Okay, they'll always say, "Well, you know, Bob and Susie's house. We were over there on Christmas, and our house is the exact model match, but we've got a better view, and they didn't finish their basement, so I think our house is better, and they're sold for six fifty. All right, so Bob and Susie's house sold for six fifty. You guys have a nicer yard, so you already know what they're thinking of higher than six fifty, and they were in Bob and Susie's house, so they know the comps. They know the conditions similar, right? You guys getting what I'm saying? You can pop over to the old MLS pictures and see if indeed it's similar. But you get the gist of how the seller's thinking. Now you actually have a window into what the seller's thinking about price. And now, if the seller, here's a little, again, advanced coaching for you guys. If the seller doesn't want to tell you what, the, what they think the house is worth when you ask the question, and we give you three different versions of that question. So with the script isn't like if the, if the seller won't answer the first time, like you ask that question and they, well, I don't know, that's your job. That's typically what a seller will yep. say. Who knows that they think? Who knows that their price that they're thinking is way too much, right? So you're going to use the script, and you're going to say, "What house of, houses have you seen sell in your market, Mr. Seller, that you thought were similar to yours that I should probably be using as a, a comp when pricing your house?" And they're going to say, "Sometimes the hard cases basically are going to say, well, that isn't that your job? Shouldn't you be telling me?' Aha! Uh -huh. Okay, here's what you're going to have a red flag go off in your mind. This is a seller." who thinks that, that has an idea of what their house is worth, uh, but suspects that the house is not worth what they think and they don't want to tell you. Now, some of the sellers that are going to be more cagey are going to say something like, well, I don't want to tell you what I think the house is worth because I don't want you to just to price the house with whatever, wherever I say. Now, that's going to be a very rare seller that's going to say something like that. What If they do not answer the question uh, using the first version of the you know the, the, that question, then lean back into it and say, Mr. Seller, I completely understand. It is my job to price the house uh, correctly. Uh, but just so that I understand... What's your time frame? Like how soon ideally do you want this property sold? That's the next question. And then you got to go to their motivation. You got to know what's going on in their head. 
You've got to know all the answers to all these questions. And our best-selling book called Harris Rulers, or Harris Rulers, <laughs> I like that one better, Harris Rules, which is available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and everywhere else. We've seen it for sale, you know, everywhere. So that book, in one of the chapters is called, is it a chapter or a subchapter? Don't go if you don't know. I believe it's a subchapter. Okay. Yes. So don't go if you don't know. Don't go on the listing appointment. And we don't mean this literally go anyway, even if you don't get all the questions answered. But don't go on the listing appointment until you know if you're competing with somebody else, until you know what the seller's time frame is, until you know what the seller thinks the house is worth. How much more of an advantage is that going to be when you walk into the house, especially after you sent the pre-listing pack? It's your listing to lose at that point. You've got essentially the decoder ring uh, to solve the whole, you know, the mystery here of what's going to actually take to get the seller to want to list with you. I want to go back uh, uh, part to uh, the last one. Mm -hmm. Why is it important, uh, agents, that when you're choosing where to go in the order of agents mm -hmm. that they're interviewing, why would you want to be last? Now, here's, there's two schools of thought. I'll give you actually three schools of thought. First of all, some of you in, in uh, a lot of markets, it's normal to do a two-stop listing appointment. We don't suggest two-stop listing appointments, but here's how typically it works. You'll set one appointment to go out, and you'll want to see the house and check it out, the condition and whatnot. And, tell, and maybe on big luxury, you know, big mansion types, this does make sense. And actually, it does make sense on the more expensive houses. Otherwise, how the heck are you ever going to do a comp? There are no comps for truly unique They're all comps. unique. Yeah. Right. So, but you're going to go out there. You're going to see the house, meet and greet the seller a little bit. And then you're going to come back and do the form of presentation. Here's the problem with that. Um, you know, and here's the problem with that with anything other than the really high-end listings is that somebody else will probably get that listing away from you before you actually go back on that second appointment. That's the problem. The seller will be closed before you have an opportunity to Exactly. Close them. The seller is going to bond with someone. The seller is going to make a decision because you let too much time go from when they originally called you or you called them to when you actually went on that first appointment. And then when you go on that second appointment, that's now three points of contact. Those are lots of threat vectors, and that seller is going to hire somebody else. That is what happens. That's the reason we don't coach you guys to that. Now, again, on the really luxury, weird houses, unique homes, then yes, do a two-stop. Now, here's another thing. Why do you want to go last? Uh, because you want the seller to have actually – you want to remove from the seller the objection that I have other agents I want to interview prior to – you know, be, before I make a decision, you know, there's two other agents I have coming in. You don't want to have to overcome that, though Do I do want to go back to that, okay? Mm -hmm. So being last, here's the other advantage. Because you're following our listing process, because you pre-qualified, because now you know uh, you sent a pre-listing pack, may, the other agents probably didn't do any of those things. The second you show up, you've already differentiated yourself in the eyes of the seller because you did all of those other things and the other agents just showed up probably fresh off, yep. you know, going on a walk. You guys get it? You are immediately seen as more professional, immediately seen as the obvious choice. And the seller now, they have learned what they don't want in a listing agent. And when you follow our, our listing, actual listing presentation, one of the first questions you're supposed to ask I'm kind of jumping around, but hopefully I'm helping you guys be motivated to realize listings are an incredible opportunity. Mr. Seller, uh, thank you for the opportunity to, be, uh, to earn the right to be your listing, uh, your, you know, your listing agent. What are the two or three things that are most important to you in the job of you know, w w skills that you want your listing agent bringing to the table? I, didn't, I, don't have the, I don't have it memorized exactly, but that's the gist of it. Mr. Seller, what are the, th the two or three most important things you're looking for in the job that you're in the agent you're choosing uh, to hire for the job of selling your home. Okay. They're then going to tell you what's important to them. They're going to say marketing. They're going to say price and they're going to say hassle free. They always say the same things. You know, they don't want a bunch of, you know, 
stress in essence. So you do not present to anything other than those three things. So Mr. Seller, just so that I'm clear, assuming once we're on the price, the same page as uh, the price, you and I are completely in agreement about the price and we're in completely in agreement about what we're going to do the property, get the property sold. And you are 100% satisfied that the process that I'm going to present to you is going to result in you having the least amount of hassle. Assuming we've resolved those three things and it's beyond your expectations, you're completely blown away. You know for a fact that I'm the agent for you. Mr. Seller, at that point, uh, assuming there are no other objections or issues that pop up, we'll be moving forward uh, together this evening. So once I've earned the right to be your listing agent and I've solved these three issues, then, and assuming there's nothing else that pops up, we'll be moving forward. So I'm going to leave the listing paperwork right there. And then you do, you leave it right there on the table for them to see it because you are telling them what's going to happen after you've overcome their three objections. Do not say you have to give them a number, two or three objections, two or three things yes. you're looking for, qualities you're looking for in the agent you hire for the job of selling your home. And then you write those two or three things down. This is called our Sharpie close. And as you go from one to the other, to the other, you cross them out, right? So if the first one was, you know, pricing, okay, you wrote them down on a piece of paper in front of the seller. Uh, the first issue was putting a correct price in the property. Now you've gone through the CMA, you've presented it, though frankly I would have done that last. Now you're going to then, uh, you know, pricing is, Mr. Seller, are you 100% satisfied that this is the correct list price on your property? Are there any other questions about that? Are we on the same page? Yes. Then you cross it off that piece of paper right in front of them. That's visually crossing out the objection. Exactly. And then the next one and then the next one. And then after you've crossed out their three objections, the three things they were looking for, I'm assuming there's no other questions, Mr. Seller. Here's the paperwork. Let's get this knocked out so I can get started on this today. They will do it because you sent your, you pre-qualified. You know, you had all the questions answered before you got there. You send the pre-listing pack. That is the whole close. That's it. Our listing presentation, if you actually follow it, lasts about 15 or 20 minutes. Now, here's the importance of showing up. I'm going to tell you the risk of putting yourself last when you're interviewing. The risk is somebody could close before you get there. Which is why you have to know not just if you're competing, but who you are competing against. Ideally, and I'll tell you guys again a little secret here, is that most of the time you're not competing against a very experienced agent. Most of the time you're going to be competing against a new agent or the agent that they had as the, that sold them the house. That's the truth. And so don't be intimidated because you're competing. That's the, you know, don't be. Yes, <laughs> be excited. But, but what should they do if they do hear a heavy hitter and they're not the heavy hitter? Well, a heavy hitter or non heavy hitter in the eyes of most sellers doesn't, much, doesn't matter because most sellers well, don't differentiate. But we're talking about the order right. in which so, they go. So, Mr. Seller, so uh, here's the thing. I appreciate the fact that you're going to interview those two other agents. And I think it's important that you have a good you know, basis uh, for making your decision. It absolutely is a smart thing to do in this market. But I want, and you can make this into a joke, but this is, we script you guys to say this. You, again, you can alter it. So, Mr. Seller, just promise me this one thing. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in preparation for our appointment. I'm sending a lot of stuff over prior. I know you're interviewing these other agents. you got one tonight, one tomorrow night, and then I'm coming in uh, the following evening. I want you to swear in a stack of Bibles that you're not going to list with anybody else before we had a, a chance to speak. Now, we're from Ohio, so stack of Bibles made people laugh and, you know, adjust accordingly, but make them promise they're not going to list with anybody else until they speak with you, and they won't. That will work. And then you, again, you send your pre-listing pack ahead of time. Your pre-listing pack acts as your silent salesperson. That's really what the pre-listing pack is. It answers questions about your marketing plan. It answers questions about your commission, your listing term. It answers all those questions so you don't have to worry about that when you're at the seller's house. 
you're just focusing on what is most important to the seller. Thus, the questions I gave you before, Mr. Seller, at this point, it's been my experience that most people have maybe two or three questions before we move forward with the job of selling their home. What are the two or three questions or issues that remain in your mind that once resolved will result in us moving forward together? There's the script. I finally had it click in my mind. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. called working it through. Yeah, but you guys get it? Are you understanding? Are you excited? Do you realize how we're not doing any sort of verbal ninja addicts here? No, but let, let me translate just a little bit. The reason that that nine times out of 10, you do want to go last. You know, we gave you some caveats is because by then they will have a basis of comparison and you will clearly shine because they will have had lesser experiences by the time you show up, assuming that you follow our seven step listing process and you right. do everything that we described. Now, remember that your job is to actually take the listing and that means closing for the signature. As we just described, the definition of closing is the logical ending to a great presentation if you don't have a great presentation, which included the pre-qualification, the pre-listing package, your presentation, your closing, then of course it's going to be awkward trying to close them. That's why some of you walk out the door saying, oh, thanks for meeting with me, Tim. I'll, I'll follow up in a few days. Well, do you guys get what Julie's saying? A lot of you think, oh, I am not, at, well, I mean, we are at an event. We, exactly. Thank you for reading my mind. We were in an event in Florida. And I asked the audience, how many of you consider yourself salespeople? And like four people raised their hands. But here's, I'll give you guys a little, yeah. you know, all four of the people that raised, it may have been like six of like 75. Those were the ones selling most, the most mm -hmm. real estate. Guys, you got to move past your resistance to think of yourself as a salesperson because guess what? The most successful people in the history of history have always been salespeople. And I don't necessarily mean the guy trying to sell cars. Anybody who's going to be successful at anything, a doctor, um, you know, a spiritual leader, an author, a playwright, a real estate coach. Mm -hmm. You've got to be a really kick-ass salesperson. Sales skills are nothing other than helping people to essentially uh, come to the same, basically someone who's wanting to talk with you about putting their house for sales, already decide they want to put their house for sale. The reason that they're listing with you is because they know you're going to allow them to sell the house for the most amount of money, the least amount of time, the least amount of hassle. And if you can ultimately make them feel that and realize that, which you will do once, especially, frankly, you walk in to our selling system, then you're going to have no resistance from the sellers. There is a absolute opportunity. It's probably going to be 12, maybe 18, 24 months where the rest of the market is going to be learning on the job. They're not going to be listening to this podcast. Tens of thousands of you listen to us, but there's 1.6 million real estate agents. That's in just the United States. So there are a whole bunch of agents out there that are going to try to wing it. They're going to show up late. They're not going to dress professionally, and they're not going to have pre-listing packs. They're not going to pre-qualify. They're not going to know the seller's time frame. They're going to lose because they're competing with you when you're a professional. So if you're a new agent, don't be an don't be at all intimidated by that more experienced agent. And if you're a more experienced agent, but your experience only comes for the last 15 years, you frankly need to be worried because you're the one that's going to have the biggest struggle realizing that your personality and your charm is not going to win the listing uh, every time because the seller is going to make you compete. In a competitive situation, even with a brand new agent, you're probably not going to win. Don't learn on the job. Don't let your experience prove what I just said to you is right. That's too expensive. Well, the average cost per listing mistake these days is about ten grand. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that's true. That's isn't a pretty it? expensive mistake. It, you know, it might even be more than that, Julie, because the average sale price is what, what was it last time? Almost four hundred grand. Yeah. So if you assume a three percent commission, yeah, I'm taking a little off the top. You so, take a little so off let's the top, say right. ten to fifteen thousand dollar mistake. You know, you got to pay attention to this stuff. I want to go back uh, for a second to this thought that uh, a mistake is when you don't know the price that the seller had before you showed in their mind before you show up. 
So there's a little side mistake to this. Once you get serious about this, the next mistake you'll make is you did a CMA, you came in at 650, you've got really strong comps, you use the pre-qualification script, but the seller's at like 750, and you and then you cancel the appointment. Okay, there's a step in between. So then the script is 750. That's interesting. How did you arrive at that price? Right. Not, oh my gosh, they're overpriced and I walked away from the appointment. And Julie's touching on something else there. You guys, again, this is a, I mean, agents of all different experience levels, and I'm air quoting the word experience, make this mistake. Never do battle with a seller over price. Never put them into a situation where it's, you know, mentally and emotionally you against them. It's the CMA. It's the market. You have to mentally put yourself on the same side of the table as the seller. And if there's conflicting information about the seller's, you know, pricing, it's the CMA. It's the market. It's not me, Mr. Seller. As soon as you allow your ego to flare up and it's my price or the highway, you will lose every single time. And do not celebrate when you lose because you weren't willing to take it over price. That is, again, small thinking. Because that seller, turns out, and you didn't pre-qualify him so you wouldn't know this, actually has to sell the house in four months and would be more than willing to lower the price after two weeks or 10 showings. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that in this market, that the CMA is telling us the house is worth 700 and you feel the house is worth 750. I get it. Now that I've been through the house, I understand. It is really an exceptional property and the updates you guys have done to this, that, and the other thing are beautiful. So let's do this. Let's agree to go ahead and price the house at a 749, even though the market might be telling us something different. And then after two weeks or 10 showings, whichever comes first, then we'll reposition the house in the market so it correctly reflects the market's expectations. And the seller is going to agree. You're going to get the listing paperwork signed. You're going to lock out the listing. You're going to write on the listing paperwork that whatever two weeks from then is the new price is going to be so you don't have to you know go back at it. The seller won't resist in most cases in two weeks because you gave them what they wanted. You, you, you exactly. didn't try to win. You let them win. That was a win-win. Yeah, and, and like one out of, you know, 30, you might luck out because you happen to be the only listing on the market. Yeah. So, you know, you're also do, you're benefiting, assuming you have the listing. Yeah, okay. well, Julie, this is a good time to interject. We have been getting um, you, <laughs> God bless you, were on the phone last week talking with a lot of people that wanted to be in your personal coaching schedule. Yes. And not all those people were uh, a good fit for you, frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just That's was. Okay. And so we referred them to one of our other coaches, one of our, mm-hmm. our, our staff coaches. And I know that you told me this morning on our walk that you were interested in possibly taking another three or four clients. Yes. Now, I want to do a real brief rundown, and and maybe, you know, we should drill down on this more on Friday, Mm -hmm. but what it is, the characteristics of the people that you know you're a good fit for as a personal coach. Well, uh, one of the profiles, if you will, you kind of just described. Somebody who has probably only been licensed 15 years or less, has done probably very well over the past two or three years, but now has gone through an experience where... Listings are harder to get. Not every buyer is qualified. And now they're trying to do the same or better than their previous volume. And they're wondering, without all of that fear of missing out in the market, with higher interest rates, with all the pressures that we have, and not everybody that you know moving for fun anymore, how are they going to make what they did last year, sell the homes they did last year, or better and get to the next level? That's one. And I'm hearing also, because a lot of these people I talk with prior to them talking with you, is a lot of them are calling after they've had a loss. They're reaching out after they've lost. And they've lost, Mm -hmm. uh, I can think of maybe one exception from the people that um, were interested in hiring you that it was a center of influence past client seller and they didn't win the listing. That's right. And the light bulb goes off. Maybe I should have a pre-listing package or they have one, but it's exactly like everybody else in their company 
or any number of other things. They don't actually have a listing presentation. They're not a strong closer. They live in fear of objections, which they weren't getting until the market shifted a bit. So that would be one. Another kind of quasi-profile would be an agent who seems to be stuck at a certain level. Now that level, sometimes I have one person that's, quote, stuck at about 40 million a year. It's not terrible, right? Nice problem to have. Stuck in a million dollar pothole. <laughs> I know, exactly. But they want to get to the next level. Or something happened in their life and they now realize that they've got X number of years to get their act together, get their savings, maybe pay off some debt. I'm and, seeing that and too. And move the needle, the, right? The, your prof, your age, the age range of your new clients is really probably, I would say, what, 35 to, mm -hmm. you know, probably what, 60 maybe? I've got a couple in their 20s, my up-and-comers, but generally I'd say 35 to 60. And I have noticed also there's some people that basically are kind of saying, you know what, this may have been the last big seller's boom of my life. Definitely. I'm not where I wanted to be financially. Yes. Um, I now need to catch up. It's obviously the, you know, the, the, the new market is here. The new challenges are here. I need to get my skills on. And again, you guys don't know, and please don't learn on the job. It's too expensive that you are operating in a skills deficit. If you've only been in the business for 15 years or less, you don't know what you don't know, and you're going to learn on the job when you don't win. And that's unfortunately the learning curve that most of you are going to experience because that's how humans operate. Generally speaking, people do not make changes until they're forced to make changes. True. Well, guess what? That's not really smart thinking if you're wanting to make it so that you actually move forward because of this market. So Julie is interested in taking on additional three clients, and here's how the process works. You text me directly... And I will ask you a few questions and let you know the price and all the rest of it. And then you determine whether or not, and frankly, I determine whether or not, uh, it'll, you'll be a good fit for Julie. And then you and she will have a conversation. And she's, you know, some of the calls don't last long because the, quickly the people figure out that, you know, frankly, Julie's operating at a different level from her coaching experience than they're ready for. And we, with respect and love, will have you guys uh, work with one of our other coaches, who, by the way, are less money. So if you're interested in being coached by Julie personally, 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206 is my cell phone number. That is my real cell phone number. Text me. Do me a favor. When you text me, give me your information about like your name, your city, how long you've been in real estate. That I'm going to ask anyway, right? And give me a little profile information on you so that I know where, I know, frankly know where to start the conversation. That would help tremendously. All right? So if you want to be coached by Julie or apply to be coached by Julie, it's really what's going on. Coach, coach me. Uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206. All right, Julie, next point. Yes, I was just going to mention, I do have a couple that are very fun. Uh, they are very well-established agents who have decided to go expired hunting. And they want to raise their average sale price. They want to expand geographically. So that's something we can do too if that's in your wheelhouse. Okay, let's see. We're on point number four, and this is an easy one to cure. Mistake number four, you don't know the competition or the neighborhood well enough to speak with authority. Here's the secret. Preview the competition. Know the average days on the market, not just for the town or city, but for the actual neighborhood. Know the list to sell price ratio for the latest comparables. Know that if that's going up or going down or remaining stable, know if there's new construction nearby, you've got to know your facts. Now, what's interesting about this, Tim, is agents are always really good about their own neighborhood. They could tell you everything sold, you know, in the past 90 days, in the past two years, but when they go on a listing appointment, are they as good? And some of them don't uh, actually close on the listing appointment itself because it's too far out of their wheelhouse. They feel like it's an uncomfortable price range. It's 20 miles too far out for them. But you can solve that by doing a lot of previewing. Well, a lot of previewing, also knowing the, uh, the stats of what's actually yeah. selling, what's not selling. 
we, you know, obviously new construction in some markets, that's mm-hmm. going to be factoring into this as well. Yep. Um, so I'll tell you guys a great uh, tool to use to really get to know the market in addition to the MLS is actually RedX. A lot of you who have a subscription to RedX, and RedX is the service that, frankly, Julie and I used when we sold real estate. All of our top clients have always used it. Red X is amazing because you wake up here basically is your Red X day, right? Mm-hmm. Your goal, well, we're going to prescribe to you this goal, right? You decide whether or not you're going to take it on. But your goal every single day, and you can do it in every single market now, is to wake up in the morning, do your morning routine, uh, pray, meditate, get your place in the right headspace, your head in the right you know place, space, whatever, right? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going to stand in front of your computer, stand, don't sit, and you're going to log into your Red X account. And you're then going to see all the new expires from that particular day. They have other data too, but let's just drill down on expires because frankly, it's the best. It's the huge, the biggest single opportunity in real estate right now by far. So you're going to then see all the new expires. They're going to have already for you every single day at night while you're asleep. Go into your MLS. They're going to find out the new expires. They're going to find out all the contact information on that seller. They're going to find out all the, you know, the numbers, the prices, or as far as the, sometimes the debt on the house, things like that. You're going to know immediately, the second you turn on your computer in the morning, all the freshest expired in your marketplace. Here's an advanced tip for you. Don't make your your geographic area too small. You're going to choose from, now if you're in LA, obviously you can you know be sitting in traffic for four hours just to go on one listing appointment. I'm not suggesting that. But do choose a big enough area so you get enough opportunities at some of the leads that they um, frankly provide for you. And then what's going to happen is you're going to use their auto dialer probably. You're going to hit a button and then you're going to start having the system call the sellers for you. And what a lot of our most advanced coaching clients do is they will have a list of say 25 new expireds. And let's say they threw in some uh, expireds that were you know, six months or older. So let's say I have a total list of three or 400 old expireds. There's no expireds in my marketplace. You are wrong. Go to your MLS, mm-hmm. look for expired withdrawn listings for the last 12 months, and you'll see that there's not just a few, there's thousands, in some cases, tens of thousands. So you're going to ask when you sign up for Red X, you're going to go in there and you're going to say, I want uh, expired data going back, say, six months. You're going to load all that into your dialer. You want to call the newest ones first, and then you're going to have the dialer continuously dial. So start out with one dialer and then get up, work up to three. And then the way that works is you're going to then press a button and then at this, at, um, simultaneously, the system's going to make three calls for you, dials for you, and keeps on dialing until it gets an answer. Because doing it manually, one, two, you know, four, five, six, two, 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 five, 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 you're not going to get through very many phone numbers. And you're going to do a lot of thinking and rumination in between dialing, and you're going to take too long, and then you're going to say you didn't talk to anybody. Exactly. And you're going to then, you know, say ex- working expires didn't work. You didn't work expires correctly. That's the reason it didn't work right. for you. So you're going to hit the dialer. The dialer is going to start calling, and then you're going to get real humans answering the phone. That's called a contact. And then you're going to use our script, and you're going to find that after a while, hopefully not that many times, it depends on your resistance to actually following a system, that you're actually going to start setting pre-qualified listing appointments. We talked endlessly a couple weeks ago about uh, how to actually go after expireds, and obviously our coaching program really drills down on that. If you want to use the, uh, if you want to join the coaching program for free, it's in the show description. So just go and click the button. But here's the moral of the story: that is called freedom. 
That is called you controlling your lead flow. And every single day, you will have enough opportunities that when you follow our script and you actually you know, do what we ask you to do, now I don't want to call. I don't want to feel like a salesperson. I get it. So you're just going to wait around for the phone to ring or an email to come in or someone to like a post that you're somehow magically going to think you're going to convert into a lead. Why would you do that? If you're serious about making money in real estate, if you're serious about helping people in real estate, here's a list of thousands of people in your market that want to sell their home. They're called expireds. Start calling them. All of those sellers, what do you know about them? You know what the price isn't. You know they have a house to sell. Bing, bing. You know they're willing to list. That <laughs> makes them a little bit nicer than a FISBO. And you know they're willing to pay a commission. Do you guys see? Uh, and also we're going to help you get a discount when you sign up for Red X. Right. And so your mission is going to be to set one pre-qualified listing appointment a day. How does that feel, me just saying that to you, that you have a lot to learn? You do. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Uh, first step, obviously, after you become a coaching client is subscribe to Red X. We made it easy for you. They made it easy for us to make it easy for you. You save 150 bucks. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Do that urgently, guys. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Remember when texting message and data rates may apply. Subscribing to Red X after you join our coaching program is job number one for all of you. Text the word RED to 47372. Julie, point number five. Yes, our final point for today's podcast in mistake land number five, you were overly rigid with your commission and or your pricing. This makes me bonkers as a coach. In addition, you didn't create a game plan so the seller still feels like they're winning. No, any other questions is not an effective script, especially if the seller is doing multiple transactions, a repeat client, a referring client, or someone who's tight on funds to make the move, etc. So agents will say, well, they, they wouldn't do it for my rate or they wouldn't take my price. That is 100% ego and you walked away with zero. So be careful that you don't overdo that. Now, we're not saying that you're supposed to be working for free, but remember when the seller comes in with a price is not quote your price, your script is that's interesting. How did you arrive at that price? And then create a game plan. If they are talking about your commission, we have help for you called a unique selling proposition through your pre-listing package where you can be flexible without giving away the farm. It's just saying no and walking away and then bragging on Facebook that you walked away from that opportunity makes you broke. Well, there it is. That's the bottom line. That's a perfect place to round the bend on today's podcast. In the meantime, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is truly our pleasure and our honor uh, to be in a position to help you guys make the most of this market. And it absolutely positively thrills us when we hear from you that you're being successful in this market where you didn't think you could be. It is exciting as hell seeing so many of you are finally willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, really drill down and make the most that this market has to offer. The feeling of satisfaction, being proud of yourself, frankly, is going to be on a totally different level when you actually learn how to be a real business owner, when you learn to self-generate your listing appointments, pre-qualify and follow the rest of our process, and then you start earning your way into being a listing agent. That is power, guys. That's what the reason you got into real estate because mm -hmm. then you have leverage and leverage gives you freedom. Thank you for continuing to make this number one Let's Do Daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.